Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're talking about religious-themed games, more specifically Christian-themed games, but we have Andrew Harmon from Harmon Games on the show. Andrew, welcome. Ah, hello. Thanks, Gabe. Yeah, man, you've got a very interesting religious-themed game called Portals and Profits. It's on Kickstarter right now, and, you know, you had this idea. You, you sent me a message while that. You said, hey, can we talk about religious-themed games? I said, you know, that's a really uh, good idea because I get a lot of people that send me, you know, that send me emails and messages and whatnot and talk about that, you know, they're Christians or, you know, they're uh, followers of a certain religion. And we have a dialogue about different game ideas and options and all that. It just seems like something that's on a lot of people's minds, but at the same time, there aren't that many religious themed games. There definitely aren't very many good religious themed games. That's something we, we can get into in just a minute. But uh, Andrew, just in case nobody's ever heard of you, don't know your company, never heard of your game. Tell me your bio. How'd you get into games, designing, all that good stuff? Yeah, well, I've been designing games probably, I don't know, pretty much as long as I can remember. I mean, I was probably seven or eight when I designed my first game, which obviously I wasn't publishing that game. I was uh, maybe showing, trying to convince my sister to play along with me. But um, it was more like a thing where I tried to have a game at Christmas time for when like our family got together with the whole extended family to have like, it was almost like a tradition. It's like, all right, Andrew's going to have a new game for us kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess that I kind of stopped doing a little bit around like college. And then I kind of started picking it back up a little bit later on. And, uh, this game I'm working on now, portals and profits. This is the first one that I've like actually tried to take to the next level. So not just be like, a just a straight up hobby where I play it with just friends and family, but, play with strangers and then right now I'm doing a Kickstarter for it. So trying to like introduce it to the world. Yeah, very cool. And yeah. kind of give me the, the background on that game because it's a religious theme game. So give me a little yeah. more on that and kind of help people understand why you know what you're talking about with this. Yeah, well, kind of the inspiration for the game came after I took a trip to Israel and uh, I was kind of, I went to all these different places where different events happened in the Bible, and I was thinking how cool it would be to actually be there when they happened. And and after coming back from that trip is when I kind of started to think more about the game. And I'm also a big geography nerd, uh, so maps naturally appealed to me. So I started thinking about how I could like, I, probably the first the first like flash of inspiration was more of a map of Israel and. Um, just having different locations on the map of where events from the Bible occurred. And kind of the general, the first idea for the game was kind of that you would be time travelers going back to try to witness different events from the Bible by being at the right place and at the right time in history when that event occurred so that they could witness it and score points. Yeah, one thing I find interesting about your game is it's not you're trying to create or recreate these moments in history you're just you're just a time traveler you're just trying to witness it right and i think that's one interesting yeah. thing yeah yeah and i think that that's something I, I kind of decided earlier on i mean when some people think of time travel 
they think of like you're going back to change the past. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I guess I could have gone that direction. And some people might have liked it better that way. <laughs> but I think for a lot of people that would, were going to be drawn to this game, which would probably more likely be Christians, uh, they would, I, I would imagine a lot of them would have an issue with that you're, you could change the fact that Jesus died or, you know, something like that. Like that would, that would be a big turnoff for a lot of people. So yeah. I, I decided to make the game interesting in other ways. Yeah, for sure. Now you can really get into some touchy subjects with this. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit later in the show yeah. is like how you could really offend some people <laughs> with this kind yeah. of, these kind of concepts. But first of all, let's, let's be a little more specific. Give me a, just a good definition of a religious themed game. Like, you know, for yours, it's got religion kind of in it, but it's also really about time travel, but it would still kind yeah. of fall into that genre. So give me a good definition. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that there's uh, different levels of a religious-themed game. It, it could just be it's a religious setting, a, a setting that's um, talked about in, like, a religious book, in this case, like, the Bible. And that's more like what this game is, where it's more the setting for the game. You could have a religious game where your goal is to, like, teach facts about the religion. And, I mean, I think that's kind of what a lot of religious games are that um that i've seen is they're very like maybe trivia based mm-hmm. so in those case in that case it it's also a religious themed game but it's in a different way i feel like yeah, yeah. so i mean basically like you're saying it could be the setting it could be like i saw a while back it was a solo game solitaire game and you were basically trying to ensure Jesus went to the cross. Like you had to, oh. through the game decisions, I cannot remember. It's a major publisher that did this game. This is a few years ago. Um, but you had to make sure that like certain things came to pass so that Jesus would die. It was very interesting. And so you would lose if, if he didn't die on the cross, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> so Okay, so like you could, that was a possibility that Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't die. But that was the end game. Like if that didn't happen, like you had to basically you know, have step one, step two, step three, like all these different things you had to basically figure out how to get into place. It's kind of like a puzzle. Um, yeah. If you're making, you know, game decisions and you lost if one of those things didn't happen because if one of those things didn't happen, it didn't fulfill the prophecy correctly and Jesus didn't right. die right, all these things. I was like, huh. Yes, uh, like that's right. really, that is really interesting. And then even like a game like that, someone could take offense at the idea that you can control <laughs> right. what, is happening to Jesus, you know? Right, definitely. Uh, and so, like you're saying, it could be very specifically religious. And I could see, you know, making a game about Muhammad and his wars and the conquests that he went on, and you just kind of have this character, you know, and, and he does show up in, in different I think civilization has different religious mm-hmm. uh, leaders and whatnot in that game. I don't know if I yeah, call that a religious-themed game, but it does have aspects for sure, or the setting. Right. Uh, there's been games about you know, like building the Temple of Solomon and things like that. We're building structures, and so let me ask you this: Why, why make one of these games? Why? Because I get a lot of people that talk to me and say, "Hey, I'm working on this this game. And it's set in ancient Egypt or uh, ancient Israel or something like that, and it's about some kind of religious theme." But why? Why make one of those as opposed to any other thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, is when I create a game, I like to create something that I'm passionate about. Cause that's what kind of drives me as a designer. So, I mean, I would imagine there's a lot of people that they pick the theme based off of what they enjoy or what they're interested in. 
you know, I mean, if someone just loves fantasy, they're probably more likely going to design a fantasy themed game or they are just into like the apocalyptic zombies. They might be more likely to design a game like that. So like for me, um, like my faith is like important to, important to me. And, uh, I'm fascinated with history and like I said, geography. So that's, it was just a natural pull for me, I guess. So that's, I guess that's why I did went with that. I wanted something that would keep me wanting to, to design because the, the initial like 10% of the design is really easy, mm-hmm. but then to, to get you through the rest of it, you have to have something that you care about. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And I've, you know, I've heard a lot of designers say the exact same thing. I think one thing is if you're a designer and I bet you can relate to this, I bet a whole bunch of listeners can relate to this. Your brain never really turns off and you're constantly thinking, Oh, could that be a game? Could I make that into a game? That's an interesting idea. Yeah. Oh, I just read this random article about random science, or I just read this scripture in the Bible, or I just read this thing and it's like, hmm, could I make that into a game? And then yeah. maybe you do. Maybe it turns into a game. Yeah. Uh, your brain just works that way. Yeah, I don't know how many hours of sleep I've lost just laying there thinking about random things and like how like that that idea could turn into a mechanic for a game or something. It's I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's like a board, uh, like a game designer curse, or mm-hmm. you know what. But I mean, I enjoy it at the same time. But right. yeah. And honestly, I'm a little bit surprised there aren't more religious themed games. If you think about games, ninety percent. I don't know. I don't know about ninety percent. The majority though of games is about building something. You're building a structure, yeah. you're building an economy, you're building a character, you're like you're building things. It's like, you know, you're, you start from zero and you end up at hero. You end up with something at the end. And so much in religious texts is about building. You're building the ark, you know, you're building uh, temples, you're building armies, you're building all these different things up. And there's war. I mean, there's like so much just incredible thematic opportunity right. in religious texts. I'm a little surprised there aren't more. Any ideas on why there aren't more? Well, I, I mean, it's you kind of see the same thing in films, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I would think, oh, there's a lot of great material in the Bible for, like, this epic film. I mean, just look, thinking about, like, the time of, like, the kings and, yeah. you know, with David and stuff, I'm like, why aren't there more films like this? But you don't see many of those either. But I, I kind of think it's – there's a lot of people that they hear the word – uh, Bible or Christian or religious, and they're instantly turned off by it. Yeah, it, it even they don't even look to see if it's a good game. So that that's kind of a discouragement to designers if they, especially if they're doing it for like a business right. for any kind of business or anything. They're like, well, I might as well just cross that off the list because <laughs> that's not going to make any money. So uh, I would say that that's probably. The biggest reason there's not, at least from from uh, big designers, why there's not too many uh, re- religious themed games, is just because, like, if you pick a, a generic fantasy game, like that's not going to offend hardly anybody. Yeah. You you know, so if you're picking a a theme for a game, and you're just try do if your goal is to have the largest audience, then probably a religious themed game wouldn't be a good choice. Yeah, it's a great point. You're kind of limiting yourself in the demographics that would be uh, that are you're going to appeal to with with your game, and that's one of the major challenges. And I think you know that's 
one of the reasons we don't see as many. What are some of the other challenges? We talked about kind of the touchy subjects. Uh, what what are some of those touchy subjects? We talked about you know people don't like the fact that you might be able to control some things that happened in the Bible right. or a religious text. But like, what are some of the other touchy subjects? I mean, I kind of think that um, if you, if the game comes off preachy in any way, yeah, then it's a turn off for a lot of people. Because uh, no one wants to play a game to feel and feel like they're trying to be converted, right? Or something like that. You or know, it's about I mean, that's a moral why, lesson or something. Yeah, that's not why people play games. At least not most people don't. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I think, <laughs> and maybe that's one of the reasons people don't even want to open the box. They see a Christian themed game, or if you saw a a Muslim themed game based on the Quran, you would think, uh, I don't, I don't want to like learn about that religion. I don't want to be like pushed in that direction at all. And so you might not even uh, kind of open the box. You kind of only appeal to the people that would already be uh, interested. You're, you're not really going to get any new people necessarily. Yeah. Now, I think there's also the, there's been a whole history of Bible-themed games that have come before that people um, have given it a bad name, I feel like. Yeah. So, like, if, if Bible-themed games had a reputation of, Wow, it's going to have a great gameplay. It's going to be like an amazing experience, even if I don't like the theme. The people might be willing to try it, but you have to like overcome this whole stigma yeah. around a Bible-themed game. Like, well, it's probably not going to be any good. And there's a bunch of other games that are good that I know of that aren't don't have a religious theme. So why do I even take the time to look at this one? Yeah, so many religious games are, are trivia-based. It's, you know, can you find the right scripture? Do you have the right answer to the random question? And if you do, you get to move forward on the space. Or even probably what I consider even worse than that, they're just straight-up rip-offs of other games. Yeah. So, like, the Settlers of Canaan, for instance. Right. And these things, like, give me some thoughts on that. How do you feel about just straight-up yeah. knockoffs? I mean, at least with the Settlers of Canaan, you're starting with a game that's, you know, is decent. Where I mean, like I've seen, you know, it's like uh, Bible Scrabble. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why? <laughs> right. what? You know, I mean, what are we just gonna? Are we? I actually haven't played that one, but I mean, I don't know how it works. But are you just limited by the number of type of words you can play? It has to be found in at least ten verses. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> otherwise you can't play the word. You have to find find the you know, chapter and verse where that word is found and then you can play it, right. you know. I mean, I don't know how it works, but I'm like, that just seems like a horrible idea. But I, I think that the reason they do it is they know it. Um, it's like a really cheap way yeah. to just sell a few more copies of something. Right. It's, it's and, a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I think that's kind of the saddest reason to, I don't know to do something like that. But at the same time, I mean, if you're a business and you know, you're just trying to make a living, I mean, it, I mean, it's just like, like a movie studio. They're going to try to put out something that they know they can make money on. Even if it's not like, it might not be like an artsy film. They know that like, you know, action sells, you know, they know that, uh, I mean, basically, a lot of the times they're like, well, sex sells, you know, so they just throw some of that in there. Yep. And it's, that doesn't make it a better movie or anything. It's just, they're just like, well, whatever can get us some mo more money, you right. know. That's, whatever puts more butts in the seats, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you what, it's so frustrating because so often the word Christian is a much better noun than adjective. And what I mean by that is when you see a Christian something, it yeah. typically is not great. Like most Christian music, not great. Christian video games, awful. Christian board games, most of them have not been very good. There's a couple. There's you know David versus Goliath. It's not Christian, but it's just religious thing. Um, commissioned was pretty good. Kind of mm-hmm. like this reverse pandemic thing going on. It was pretty good. Yeah. But there's just not that many. And so it's a little bit frustrating that how it's kind of become a gimmick of yeah okay this wouldn't be good enough to stand on its own, but let's put Christian in front of it because then those people will buy it because then they think, Oh, we could play this at youth group or I can take this to my church or this is for my dear aunt Sally. Who's super religious. Uh, But it tends to like mean lack of quality. And that's really, really difficult because when you're creating one of these and you are good and you're doing a good job and you're doing the work and the playtesting and all the stuff that goes into making a great game, you have to like come over this giant other mountain that you you know any other game wouldn't necessarily have to overcome, and so like have you found that to be the case in, in the game that you're, you've been working on? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people have the idea that I mean, in my case, I feel like it's a lot of people they they look at it, they're like, wow, you know, this is like they they're kind of just surprised that it looks like a good Bible themed religious Christian game because. Yeah. You can tell the way they say it that, oh, like, well, <laughs> surprise! You've never seen something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's kind of sad that the that people know that they can put just anything together, put Christian label on it, and the Christians will, you know, buy it. Because I mean, I, I think that uh, I think even as a Christian, you should care about the, the quality of something, and I think even hold other Christian creators to a higher higher standard you know not not just be like well i know that i can get some christians to buy this because it has that christian theme on it yeah like to me i feel like i want to do my very best you know especially i mean especially as a christian doing a theme like this and i'm passionate about it i want it to it to be the best that i possibly can make it no it's a great point i think if you if you believe in God and you're wanting to do this, not necessarily, oh, I want to make a game for God, but that's that's not what it's about. But like, you sh- you should be doing things to the best of your ability. And so, like, settling for mediocrity is kind of anti-religious. If you think about like whatever religion right. you have, if you're like, no, this is okay, this is crap, but you know, it's fine. Like, no, that's not okay. Like, you want to do things to the best that you can. And so it's kind of ironic and sad in a lot of ways how many like Christian theme games or just religious themed stuff is mediocre and is not any good. And it's like, gosh, what yeah. what are you doing? Well, and and I, another reason I kind of think that some of it might be mediocre is maybe a lot of these people they're passionate about the Bible or Christianity more than they are about board game design. Right. So they're just trying to maybe they haven't even played that many modern games they're just working off of their knowledge of monopoly and you know um uno and so they're they don't have that many like tricks in their bag so all they've ever seen is a you know a roll and move game and they're like but i want to make a bible game so they end up making a you know monopoly knockoff yeah right i think it's also important to kind of determine like why are you doing something so for instance one thing that I've talked to people, you know, I've I've been working for church for 
12 years now. And so, you know, I know a lot of people in ministry. I know a lot of Christians. And one thing we talk about a lot is the difference between making Christian music or Christian anything versus Christians making something. And there's a very big difference there. And so I feel like a lot of people go into making religious-themed stuff with this this idea that they have to make it religious as opposed to just making something great and yeah. it happened to be made by a Christian or happened to be made by a right. Muslim. And I think that's a big difference. Like if you're following a certain religion, you don't necessarily have to make everything about your game or your music or whatever about that religion. Like it's okay just to make great stuff and it be made yeah. by you as a person of your faith. Yeah, and why is it that I feel like art, any kind of art, is held to a different standard than any other profession? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to this, like you're not like you're not like oh, it's a that's a Christian mechanic, you know, mm-hmm. or that's a Christian, uh, you know, baker or something. Yeah. You know, that, that was it, a very Christian business deal. You just did. like what? Yeah. What does that mean? We could talk about that. That is a possibility, but we don't talk in those terms. Yeah, but then it's like. When it comes to like Christian music, like you say, it's like, well, wait, that the Christian artist they put out a secular song. Uh-huh. It's like, well, are they Christian? Are they a Christian right. musician anymore? You know, or artist? It's like, well, if they were a Christian, then they're still a Christian, even if they put out a song that's not like doesn't have the word Jesus in it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so and I and obviously it's the same with board games. I mean. Yeah, a person that's a Christian that makes a, you know, a game about the Civil War. It's not like they're not a Christian anymore. Yeah, I, I yeah, it is kind of annoying to have be like, oh, that's a Christian. If you say like, well, that's a Christian board game designer. I mean, I, I don't know if, what people would be assuming by that that it's that the person is only designs board games with Christian themes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and the same thing with books. You know, it's like, oh, this is a Christian book. Well, okay, why? <laughs> what, what makes it? Yeah. You know, like we we created this this subgenre of stuff, and it's just kind of an interesting way that we approach art from this uh, from yeah. this standpoint. Um, so anyway, but I, I feel like there are so many interesting topics, interesting games that could be made, but let's go back into the challenges and the touchy subjects. So many interesting things that could happen but would probably piss some people off and offend some folks and not sell well. And so they wouldn't be good business. Like you would have to do a Kickstarter and it'd probably just be a thousand copies, something like that. Like a game about Judas could be, you could make that pretty interesting, but nobody wants to be Judas. Like you're not, you're not going to play a board game and think, Hey, I really want to be the guy that betrayed Jesus or a, a board game about, uh, terrorism and like using religious terror also known as the crusades right <laughs> we can go into yeah. and there have been some crusades game but they, they never yeah. take the 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 actual like perspective of real history it's kind of like the yeah. made up fantasy of history um but have you thought about any of those kind of games games that would be like super interesting but nobody would play or buy well i think that if you were gonna do something like that i mean and you what's i mean the whole reason you make games is for someone to play them. Yeah. I mean, at least I do. So, I mean, I think you have to keep it. Someone want, you have to somewhat consider your audience uh, and uh, your primary audience, like the people that will most likely be interested in your game at first glance, you want, you don't want to alienate all of them right off the bat. I mean, like in the case of the crusades, I think if you were, if you kept it super abs- abstract, 
I think it would be fine. But as soon as you started getting into names, and maybe in that case it's far enough away in history, like it happened long enough ago that people aren't, aren't going to be saying like, too soon, man. You know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I think that if you do approach a, um, a very touchy subject, I mean, I don't know. You, I guess I would have to have a really good game, and I feel like this this is the only theme or story that this mechanic could go fit with, so I have to do this, you know. Yeah. But even in that case, I feel like, I don't know. I like to make people happy, you know. I mean, I don't want – I don't like – a whole bunch of angry people chasing me around. Right. Especially so. Christians because they will find you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. One thing that we are very good at as a community is like destroying people, sadly, especially right. on Facebook. But anyway, yeah. but I'm reminded yeah, that, of, go ahead. You going to say something? No, no, no. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm reminded of Freedom the Underground Railroad, which takes a, a very touchy subject, especially in this day and age we live in right now, of slavery and yeah. turns it into a game, which that in of itself can piss people off. They're like, I cannot believe you turned slavery into a board game. Like how you're just like making light of the issue. And you know, you deal with that no matter what. But they took a very touchy subject of slavery and they turned it into a very good game. But I feel like the way they did it well is there's nobody that's playing the slaveholder. There's nobody that's yeah. playing the slave hunter, so to speak. The the people you know the guys going out and hunting down the slaves. You're not. That's all abstracted. That's all the game is playing that. So it's a co-op game, and you're really just trying to get people to freedom, and and free the slaves overall through you know passing the laws and all that stuff. And I think that might be a good way to do it to get kind of get past some of these touchy subjects, is to abstract the more touchy part of it, you know, the the offensive part, and make that. Oh, that's just the game. That's not any player or anything like that. And so I think yeah. that might be one way to do it. I think that's a great suggestion. I mean the. Uh... I, I think a lot of people, they might be okay with um, some of those themes, but no one wants to be that person, you know, that, that's the bad guy. At least all, most people don't. Yeah, like you said, don't want, they don't want to be the Judas or the slave traders, but maybe they're okay with the idea of slave traders in a game as long as they're not the slave trader. And if, they're, if the slave tra- traders are portrayed as bad, yeah, the bad guys, you know, I mean, obviously, even if they weren't playing the slave traders, but the slave traders were the good ones, then that would be a major issue. A major issue, but yeah, I, I haven't actually played that game, but I've watched the play playthrough video of mm-hmm. it, and it was pretty inspirational as far as like how they were able to design that game in a way that wasn't didn't like turn wouldn't really turn people off, and it seemed like it was well made. So yeah, for sure, I think it's yeah. important to remember why people play games. Again, going back into player psychology, which we talked about on the show in the past. People play games to feel powerful. They want to be the hero. They want to be the good guy. They want to uh, be that person, and that's why they want to play a game is to make choices based on that, not to necessarily make choices based on, like, hmm, do I enslave that person? Do I murder that person? Like, that's just a little... Uh, I, for instance, I saw a thing the other day. I haven't played this game or even seen it, but the uh, new code names that it's about to come out or just came out, it's, like, based on Marvel, the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. But apparently, and I don't again, I don't know. I might be wrong saying this, but apparently, like, one one player... Or one side, one team plays as like the Avengers, and the other side was plays as like Hydra, and so you're the bad guy. And so like the story is, this lady picked up the boxes. Ooh, code names! I love code names. Ooh, it's Marvel. This is awesome. Oh, one of us has to play as Hydra, and she put it back on the shelf. She's like, I'm not doing that. We're not like nobody wants to be Hydra. And so just remember that that 
you might not sell well, your game might not sell well if your players have to be the bad guys. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, maybe you can find like some group on the internet that they love playing the bad guy and you can market your game to the, their group and maybe if you can sell 100% with that group then you can get enough to get a Kickstarter Kickstarter campaign funded and you can make your dream come true, but <laughs> in general that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, definitely. All right, so how do you make a theme like this come to life? You know, that's another thing that a lot of a lot of board games in general. This this isn't religious, just in general. The theme is just kind of pasted on. It's just kind of bland. It's it's like, "Oh, I kind of see you what you did there, but the theme and the mechanics don't really go together. They're just kind of slap, you know, thrown together." And so, how do you make a theme like a religious theme, how do you make that come to life? So like in your game, you got the time traveling stuff. You've got, you know, going back and seeing these things from history, from the Hebrew scriptures, and all this. How do you make that come to life in a religious game? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe maybe different things uh, will come to life in different ways for different people. But, I mean, for me, um, the way, like, my game comes to life for me is to be, to kind of see the map of, Israel and and as you're playing these different events you're like oh I didn't realize that that happened at that at that place mm-hmm. or that there's also the 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 when it happened too so you're like oh I didn't realize that that uh you know at the story of Esther happened around the same time as the rebuilding of the wall in Jerusalem you know kind of thing so like I feel like it it's kind of like uh you can kind of get a window into some of these different events, kind of like your character that's going through and witnessing the different events. And I think that uh, the kind of the the theme of the idea of having to be there at the right time in history kind of gives you a good, like you kind of feel like you're traveling through the Bible almost, you know, you're kind of traveling through time. And I mean, I think that's kind of some of the ways that it does that. Yeah, no, I like I like what you're saying, like connecting dots and connecting these stories together to make it kind of, oh, yeah, so this happened, you know, kind of giving some, a, a player the kind of chronological order of things and making it seem like a real real place, real thing. Yeah. And and I, obviously, the, I mean, the whole, in some ways, you know, the, the time travel thing, I mean, you don't think about time travel and Bible necessarily – being together so it is an interesting combination of two different things that you wouldn't normally be expect being in the same game yeah so right now what about the art now how does the art really bring the theme to life and you, you kind of have to do it in a way that that is realistic but also looks good because that's a very grayish brownish land area I mean, you're talking about israel i've been there it ain't the prettiest place in the world not a lot of trees a lot of yeah. rocks and dirt. And so, like, you could make the board very brown and very blase. But, like, so how do you use art to really bring the theme to life? Yeah, well, uh, on my board, there is different uh, colors for different regions. And I did somewhat match the colors. The colors have a couple different purposes. One is that in the game, you get points for having a set of um, having a played a card from all the different regions on the board. So there's different regions and the regions are different colors, but there was some thought into the different colors. Like for example, the um, Judea region is Brown because well, when I was there, it was extremely Brown. Right. And it's, it's, it's like, 
is literally a desert. Mm-hmm. And then there, the Samaria region, I have it, it's sort of yellow. And that's kind of the the closest color I could think of when I was in Samaria, the Samaria region is it kind of has that, you know, just almost like the, the yellow sprouts of grass here and there and, you know, a few trees. But then when you get up to the Galilee region, it's really green. It's like, you feel like you're definitely in a different country. And so that area is the, the green area, you know, kind of thing. So like there was like some um, thought that went into the different color choices for the different regions uh, based off of the actual, geography of the land and then um you now when you're talking about the art are you talking about just the board or you know the, the cards also yeah the whole or? thing man i mean the, the clothes yeah. that people are wearing and the you know the way that the characters look and all these things yeah now in my case the um the artwork was adapted from a book that i was involved in helping turn into a movie and so it was um the name of the book is called King of Glory. And so I, I worked with that, um, with a, it was a missionary uh, in South Carolina. I worked with him for um, several years on this film. And and through working on the film, I created, created a huge library of different images. And like the library was like, it might be like a rock or like a person and stuff. So I basically used that library to create the artwork for the cards by like, you know, it's like, I'll pull this person and then change their headdress, you know, and then stick a tree over on the, you know, to the left of them and stuff. And so I kind of created all the artwork that way. But I, I liked that, the style of that um, book. It, it was kind of fairly realistic, but still like in a draw, a drawn style. It wasn't like photorealism type thing. But I, I'm just never really a fan of the really cartoony style for like Bible story books and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, like if it was like a comic book style, I, I think that's cool. But like when it, it, you know, like you, we, you imagine the stereotype of like the Noah's Ark kids books where there's like, you know, the giraffe and the elephant are like just sticking out the side of the boat and it just looks really kiddish, I guess. Like to me, I guess as a Christian, when it looks too much like a, it's too silly or like a, just a total fairy tale. I, it, it doesn't do anything for me. So I kind of wanted to stay away from that. I just wanted to have a little bit more of a historical look to it. Yeah. And I think that goes for any game. You want to make sure the art matches the experience. So if you have this game that you want people to take seriously, don't have a a whole bunch of silly kind of crazy art in there, you know, make sure your, your art and your experience are kind of hand in hand. Yeah, and and you want the artwork to kind of match the feel of the game, right? Too. Yeah, I guess maybe that's kind of what you were saying. But um, if if it's a game that looks like only a five year old will play it, right? But then they you play it and it's actually geared more for like thirteen plus, then you've totally missed the mark, I think. Yeah, or vice versa. If you have a game with super serious. Uh, super serious art, and then the gameplay is really for like kids. You're gonna miss that whole market as well. So it's it's part marketing, yeah. part player psychology, all those things. Now, how do you how do you find that good balance between realism and fun? And this could be you know just games in general, but especially in a religious game because you can get really caught up in the years and the specifics and like because scripture gives you know all all different scriptures give a lot of specifics about things. 
But that doesn't necessarily lead to good choices or it can lead to just being caught up way, like way too many rules, way too many whatever. So how do you find that balance between realism and fun? I think in general, the less rules that you have for the kind of game that you're going for, the better. So I don't think you want to make a create a complete simulation uh, for your game. I don't want it to be like, I mean, in my game, I have, uh, things divided by centuries, but I mean, you could have, if you went, wanted to go into detail about like the different events, uh, which ones happened in which order in that century, that might be more realistic to be like, well, that actually, even though, um, Saul becoming king and David fighting Goliath, well, maybe Saul, Saul became king first, but we don't really need to know, like get into that much detail for the game. I mean, if you, if you got into like too much detail, it could bog down the game completely. So you have to, you have to make some sacrifices, I think somewhere for the simplicity of the game's sake. Yeah. Were there any things, any more things in your development of your game that you kind of figured out, okay, this needs to be more abstract or anything like that, that just, you needed to take a step back to get away from the realism to get more towards the fun. Yeah. Um, how about time travel? Did you have any issues with that? You know, stepping back away from the religious part, just time travel in general. That's a very difficult thing to have in a game because it's just, I mean, it's just hard. It's hard as a mechanic. Yeah. And so anything from the time travel aspect that you're like, okay, this just has to be different than it, you know, this is not real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, for example, I thought in general, I mean, probably if you were time traveling, there could be a potential that you could mess something up with in the actual event, you know, cause you, know, I mean, you see all these movies where, Oh, one thing happened that was different mm -hmm. from the way it really happened. And it set off a chain reaction and, um, you know, this happened. And I mean, that just wasn't in the scope of this game and it would have added so much complexity to it that I really wanted this game to be, I want this game to be a gateway type game and uh, just a game that you could play with your family. And uh, if you had too many, too many like minute rules and stuff to try to add realism to it, uh, it could really bog it down. Yeah. Any other uh, advice or tips and tricks you'd give somebody who's maybe got a religious thing game they're working on, or you know, got one in their head or anything like that? Any advice you'd give them? If you are wanting to just make a game for your Sunday school class, I mean, that's fine. But I think that you want to keep in mind that most people are playing games because they want to have fun. And so even if you can still have a game that has maybe some educational aspects, like, I mean, the game I have, you, you do learn about biblical geography and there's like little scripture verses on the, at the bottom of each card. And you, you know, you could, if someone was trying to be like edu educational about it, if that was their goal. They could require the person to read that verse when they played the card or something like that. But I, that's definitely not required. And I think that if you, if, if you're a Christian wanting to make design a board game, then you need to first focus on making it, just be a good game period yeah just yeah it doesn't if if a game is not good then nobody's going to play it more than once 
and then it's not going to be educational for anybody because no one's going to play it anymore. Right. So, so I mean, my thought is, I mean, yeah, maybe they, maybe someone wouldn't learn that much from a game if they just played it one time as opposed to playing a trivia game. But most people, most trivia games I know of, people only play them once anyway. So I wanted a game that people would want to play over and over again. And, and then stuff like eventually they'll, eventually they'll be like, well, I need to go to Bethel and they'll know where Bethel is without even thinking about it. So that's, I think that's the more effective way to learn anyway, is to not even make learning your goal, make fun your goal. Yeah. And then the learning will come. Yeah, for sure. My biggest thing is make a great game. Uh, like you yeah. just mentioned, make a great game. If it's got a religious theme, on there awesome you know make it great first and then don't again don't try to like convert people with your game don't try to you know have this big agenda going because people are going to see right through that and it's probably going to offend more people doing that than if you had just created some random who cares game and so yeah don't go into it thinking oh i have to create this this game that's going to get people on my side and this goes for anything whether you're talking about some big like cultural issue or any like just make a great game and then let people yeah. kind of determine for themselves uh, how to feel about certain yeah. things. And I think that, I think that's hard because um, like being in the Christian circle, I feel that push from people to be like, well, you need to make sure you include mm-hmm. all this educational stuff. And um, I've seen it with films. They're like, well, was there a gospel presentation? And, you know, every, it, if, if there's no, you know, altar call at the end, well, then it's not really, you know, it's not an effective, it's always, a, it's about, is it a good evangelism tool or, yeah. you know, something. And it's like, well, I, I mean, I think some uh, secular movies to me are almost more Christian than some Christian movies. I mean, like when I was watching, like, I love the, I love Marvel movies. So I was like watching the Winter Soldier and there was like just stuff there about like it was a Captain America Winter Soldier, and I just there was stuff about like sacrifice and stuff, and I could definitely see parallels to like my Christian faith, but that's not a Christian movie. Right. I mean, per, like per se, but to me, it it was more more Christian in the, in the themes than a lot of uh, Christian movies I've seen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think if you're a Christian listening to this, please remember that relationship is the best evangelism tool like getting to know people that's that's what helps people it, you know nobody's going to play your game and think man i really want to follow jesus now or i really want to <laughs> read more of the quran or whatever religious theme you have on they're not, they're not going to think that they're going to think man that was a fun game let's play it again or wow that needs to go in the garbage like they're going right. <laughs> to they're going to think on those terms and it's about the people around the table that are really, that, that's what's most important. And, that, and that's what I believe. It's about getting people to the table. Now, as a Christian, I, I look at Jesus' ministry, and I see him doing that a lot, getting people to the table to share in meals, share in conversation. That was his ministry, coming, you know, getting people around the table to, to engage, to get to know each other and learn things and all that. And so make great games and get people to the table. That, that's my mentality. It's not, I want to make some great games so, so people will, like, come to know Christ. That's I, I, right. I guess if that happens, that's awesome. But that's like if you go into it, you're probably not going to make anything good. And that's the same if you're making movies, books, whatever. 
if you go into it with some agenda, it's kind of like if, if I were to make, so I teach high school, if I were to uh, make these kids watch some kind of after school special where they learn some lesson at the end, they're going to hate me. They're like, Sir, like we, we, this is garbage, and you know it. And you're making us watch this just so we'll believe some certain thing about sex or abortion or whatever your, you know, whatever the moral at the end of the thing is. This is not any good. We don't care, and they're not going to listen. And so, like, if you go into it with an agenda, it, you're you're wasting your time. And that's just kind of how I personally feel about it. And, and you can kind of take from that what you will. Well, cool, Andrew. Man, really appreciate you coming on the show. Any, you know, any kind of closing thoughts or anything? Um. Well. I just mentioned that my game portals and profits is on Kickstarter right now. So uh, anyone listening can go check it out and um, just see what it's all about. See it, learn about it in more detail. Yeah, for sure. It looks like a very interesting game against time travel mixed with uh, the kind of the Bible and the things that happened in the Bible. It's just a really interesting concept and there's no tracks and there's no like little pamphlets or anything in the box. So don't right. worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't sneak any of those in there, but <laughs> Awesome. It, it would up my production cost a little too much, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So from both a uh, just ethics standpoint and a business model, it, it doesn't right, make any yeah. sense. Right. Well, cool, man. Again, really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with the Kickstarter. It's, it's December at this point, and so Christmas is coming up. Uh, I hope everybody listening has a great uh, December. Just real quick, as far as the BGDL is concerned, December is going to feel like Christmas. and. and twice i guess because we're gonna have christmas but also some really cool stuff is coming this month some uh, really cool announcements i'm looking forward to making uh, a couple future podcasts coming up so again thank you guys so much for listening thank you for being part of this community part of this journey and trust me some really cool really fun things are ahead but anyway andrew really appreciate you coming on the show good luck with everything you got going on right now yeah thanks gabe thanks for listening Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?